Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're right in the middle of our series on profitable niches, but we're going to take a quick week off and answer some of your amazing questions. We are overdue for an edition of Ask the Guys, so today your questions are answers on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Stop for a moment. Why are you listening to this show? Are you dreaming of a bigger, brighter financial future? More personal freedom to live life on your own terms? What if there was just one skill that could make it happen? There is. Sales. Robert Kiyosaki says every entrepreneur must be good at sales. It's true for investors too. Sales is how you attract money, people, and opportunities. Sales is the skill used to negotiate deals and lead your team. Sales skills are essential to success. The good news is, it's a learnable skill. The great news is, we've created a two-day interactive workshop to teach those skills to you. Make plans today to attend How to Win Funds and Influence People, Mastering the Art of Financial Selling. For dates and details, send an email to sales at realestateguysradio.com or visit realestateguysradio.com and look under events. Gain the skills you need to succeed. Email sales at realestateguysradio.com or look under the events tab at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Now, in our 21st year of broadcast, let's say hello to our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Does that mean we're old enough to go out and get a beer now? Finally, we can go out and get a beer. You know what's a, the 21st year of broadcast and um, Rich Dad Poor Dad came out 21 years ago? Coincidence? Coincidence? Perhaps. So uh, we've got uh, a quick diversion for you. In the last few weeks, we've been doing this a series, actually many weeks, on profitable niches, different types of real estate you can invest in. It's been great. A lot of good feedback. We took a couple of weeks off when we were on the Investors Summit, and then we had those shows on the air. And now we're going to take another break after a few weeks of profitable niches because we got more niches, but the letters and cards have been piling up, which of course are actually all emails. So we're going to do an edition of Ask the Guys today. We'll have another profitable niche next week. But uh, here's the deal. If you go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click Ask the Guys, you can submit a question to the Real Estate Guys, and uh, we get a ton of them, all kinds of things, but there's always some gold in here, and uh, we try to pick the questions that we think will appeal to the broadest number of folks in our audience. So that's what we've done today. Uh, the only caveats are we are not tax professionals or legal professionals, and we don't give advice. We simply give ideas and information. So with that... Let's ask the guys. Question number one comes from Kristen in Seattle, Washington. Hi, I'm a real estate agent out here in South Seattle and a mother of two, and I really like to start investing myself. 
quick aside, lots of real estate agents sell real estate to other people, but don't necessarily invest themselves. So hats off, Tristan, for wanting to be your own best client. Uh, any idea where I should start? Are there any seminars in Washington you'd recommend or groups or associations where I can find good templates to follow? I have about $50,000 to get started with, small I know, but I thought I'd see if you all would have any recommendations. All right, Kristen, well, great question, and we absolutely do. First of all, $50,000, you might consider that a modest sum, but you can do a lot with that in real estate, and that's the whole plan, right, to build wealth over time with real estate. So I think you hit one of the nails on the head, which is to instantly think about how you can get educated in your area. We have lots of ideas about that. Yeah. So I think, first of all, um, Bob Helms happened to write a book that should be available now, isn't it? It sure is. And what's the title of that book, it's Robert? It's called Be in the 1%. The Godfather of Real Estate's just released his book, and it really is aimed at helping real estate agents discover how to not only invest for themselves, but to help other clients be investors and not just homeowners. It's called Be in the Top 1% by Bob Helms, and you can find it on Amazon. Yeah, that's a great place to buy books, I've heard. So here's the deal, Kristen. You are sitting in a really, really great marketplace right now. When Robert and I first started working together way back in the day, we were in Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley was then and still today had very high-priced real estate, people with lots of equity, people with good incomes. Seattle is just like that. So there are people there who want to invest in real estate, and they could really use your help. So not only do you want to learn how to invest in real estate yourself, but you can make a lot of money helping other people by taking them along on the journey. And one of the things that you can do is instead of going to look to join a club, think about starting one. That's what we did. In fact, we did a show some time ago. I don't even remember what it was called, but we talked about the things that we learned in, in starting a club. And we wrote a white paper on that that you can get. Actually, we call them blue papers at the Real Estate Guys. Uh, but you can get that by sending an email to club at realestateguysradio.com. And that document will just share with you some of the things we learned about starting a club specific for investors. And then what you do is you become a facilitator. You will have expertise in real estate transactions because you're in the business. You will be learning things and you share those things as you learn, but you surround yourself with other experts. And some of the experts that you'd be interested in having in that club to help you would be a 1031 tax deferred exchange intermediary, somebody who knows that. A CPA would be a very, very helpful person to have because real estate, as you probably know, provides tremendous tax benefits, and that can be very appealing to people who are paying a lot of tax, and high-income earners do that. Uh, you're going to want to have a great mortgage broker there, somebody who can help uh, extract some of the excess equity in a market like Seattle and possibly look at better markets uh, where there's more upside potential and better cash flows. Uh, part of the other thing you want to do is learn to get into networks, travel a little bit, come to some of our events, meet some of our people, go to places where you can find other real estate agents who have investment real estate uh, available and, and then set yourself up to be able to refer your clients to them and to also be able to get in line for some of those deals yourself. So there's a lot more we could say about that, but you can actually convert your pursuit of education and networking into a profitable business uh, simply by surrounding yourself with some other people and sharing your experience with your prospects and potential clients. You know, to get started, that may sound overwhelming, especially for a mother of two, depending on the ages of your kids. But 
start out by going to events. You'll find there are local real estate meetups and investment clubs and so on, and they run the gamut everywhere from really fabulous, open-hearted teachers to people that are just there to sell you stuff, and, but go and go and learn and network. And I often find when I go to those events that the person in the front of the room might have a really good story, but a lot of the people sitting in the seats have a really good story, and maybe they've been in your shoes. They were thinking about investing, and they figure out a way to do it in any high-priced market, you know, I say live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. $50,000 is not probably even a down payment on a reasonable rental property in Seattle. You can buy an entire house for that in many markets that will cash flow well. So you got to get out a little bit. Again, hard to travel, especially if your kids are young, but you don't have to go every weekend figure out how to get out there and find out what's working for folks. But uh, congratulations uh, for taking the first step, and that is to get educated about it. And uh, nobody better to get educated than someone who already is in the business. So kudos to you. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions are answers. This next question comes from Luca in Croatia. Luca says, hi, I've decided to start educating myself about all real estate topics so that eventually I can hop into real estate investing. Which materials, books, blogs, forums, etc., would you recommend? What does one do to best prepare himself for the journey? Thank you in advance. Best regards, Luca. Well, first of all, Luca, congratulations, right? This is one of our favorite topics is how do I get started if I'm just, you know, getting the bug, just getting excited. And of course, even though we are show originates in the U.S., we travel a lot. We have listeners in more than 190 countries, including Croatia. Yep. And, and here's the thing. A lot about real estate investing has to do with your drive and desire. Real estate's just a vehicle, just a tool. There's lots of things you can do to invest. We often say that people don't get into real estate because they love real estate. They love what real estate can do for them. So I think the first place it starts, preparing yourself for the journey is recognizing that you have to shift your mindset, if you're not already there, to being that of an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Probably the first and best book you ought to read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, because that book is entirely about making that mental shift from being a trader of time for dollars, an earner of wages, to somebody that is going to spend their time building their balance sheet, accumulating things that pay you to own them. So that's step number one. Number two is find some like-minded people to study with. That's really important because they'll have resources for you. And when you have a chance to share ideas and express ideas and become a conduit of the things you're learning, you learn by teaching. And so, you know, don't be shy about getting into conversations with people, even if you're in over your head. You'll find out that, you know, actually quite a bit more than you think. And just the act of talking about it will help you process. So that's really important. One of our favorite things to do is what we call study a book, not read a book. The first thing you do is you read the book, but then you get together with the group of folks. We do this every single month. We have a study group, we get together, we read a book, and then this is the magic. You discuss it. There's lots of formats. You can go through chapter by chapter, page by page. You can ask everyone to highlight and then ask people for what is on their mind. But what happens is Robert Kiyosaki just attended our Investor Summit a few months ago for the fifth time, and he spent a lot of time talking about learn, study, teach. So you go learn something, you study it further, and then you teach it. That's where it becomes kind of ingrained in you. And so these discussion groups can be amazing. You probably have people who you know who would also be interested in real estate investing. Some can't be bothered, but the ones who are interested, read a book, get together, discuss it. 
it's amazing what that'll do for you. Yeah, start. Yeah, you definitely want to start with that, um, and then you're that also begins you in the process of building a network and getting to know people, and that's going to become very, very important for you. So if you can find somebody who's actively investing, they only have to be a little bit ahead of you, and you can learn from them. And so when you recruit people to study with you, don't recruit people that are below you. Try to recruit people that are above you. And if you can find people that are technical advisors, they're in the financing business, they're in the real estate brokerage business. They have some relationship to the uh, subject matter, property management. There's all kinds of different um, nuances or subsets of real estate and real estate investing. Try to get some of those people in. Now, some of those folks will join because they have things to share. Some of them will be interested in developing, like the first uh, question we had, a person who's a professional who's now looking to become an investor. Uh, Some people are going to come in because they're looking to do some business, and that's okay. It's okay because you're going to need service providers to help you And what a better way to get to know somebody than to study with them. And so those are just some practical steps. And then just remember, this is a business of relationships. You know, you want to be out there networking, uh, whether you join a club or start a club, uh, whether it's based around uh, studying or whether it's based around you know, actually investing together, that's up to you. There's a lot of different ways to approach it. But this is a business of learning together, studying together, and then um, creating like a mastermind group. And part of the reason we our minds keep going there is that what we've learned in all of our years of real estate investing is that investing is a team sport, and this is a relationship business. People that are successful in real estate investing do not sit in their cubicle or in their home office on the internet. People that are successful, truly successful at real estate investing also develop great rapport and relationships with people. Some of those people are service providers like Russ talked about. Some are just folks that are doing what you're doing and you can talk shop. Others are people you'll be joint venture partners with. Sometimes it'll just be people that you want to hang out with because they're learning the kinds of things that you want to learn and go in the places you want to go. So it is a people business. So for sure you want to go to, you know, asked about blogs and books and all that. There are so many great podcasts out there. You know, it's interesting, on our summit, we had 16 different podcasters, and people are like, why would you invite other podcasters to your event? Well, why wouldn't why we? Why wouldn't you, exactly. You know, there's, there's, there's great, there's so much great stuff out there. We're the last guy, some of these podcasters are like, we well, you know, forget all those other guys. That's not us. We're like, listen to all those other guys. They and gals, they got great stuff. They got great ideas. And you'll gravitate to the things that speak to you. As far as books, you know, I do want to clean up one thing that you said, Russ, and I I know you didn't mean it this way. When you talk about someone being above you or below you, that's not a judgment thing on character or, or any of that. That just means are they ahead of you or behind you in the learning curve? You want to try to get people that own more real estate than you do. Jim Rohn said it this way. Those of us in the Millionaires Club like to invite a billionaire over to talk to us every now and then. Because he'll say, well, you guys are doing okay, but let me show you how to step it up. Yeah, and it's a lot less about what you learn from them technically. It's really learning how they think. It's their approach. You know, we, we hang out with Kenny McElroy, very, very successful real estate investor. And most of the things we learn from him isn't when he's standing in front of the room teaching. It's when we're in a conversation with him and we bring something up. And then he just gives these one or two word responses. I mean, the, the, the voice of experience, the voice of wisdom, and the thought process, the way some Somebody approaches a problem or reacts to an opportunity, you pick that up uh, by osmosis. A lot of times people who are really, really good at what they do 
are a lot less good at teaching it formally. You have to just be in the environment and pick it up the same way you learned uh, a lot of your cultural and social cues from your parents. They didn't formally teach you as much as you learned by watching. And so who you hang out with is a very strategic decision in your personal development as an investor or anything else. Great question. Thanks, Luca. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions, our answers. Today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Have you decided to invest in real estate but find you don't have the time to evaluate your options? Successful real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. Many affluent investors with busy schedules choose to rely on real estate experts. They partner with proven teams with a successful track record. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system which allows accredited investors an opportunity to invest in undervalued assets. If you're an accredited investor looking for passive income, call 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or visit Private Income investments.com. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're so glad you're here and we're in the middle of our Profitable Niches series of shows. Taking a break this week for Ask the Guys. If you have a question for the Real Estate Guys, go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click the button that says Ask the Guys. This question comes from Jason in Stokesdale, North Carolina. He says, I have just over $200,000 in my retirement account. I plan on using this to buy real estate once I leave my current employer. Can you recommend a few companies that would allow me to self-direct my retirement funds? And can you use leverage when using self-directed retirement funds to buy real estate? Thank you. All right. Well, this brings up a great topic, which is all of the money that is in retirement funds and when you can have access to that money. You mentioned you're planning on using it once you leave your current employer. And for many folks, that's the situation. If you have a retirement plan that's at your current job, then you likely cannot invest in real estate and other non-traditional assets because there's a program in place and there's a limited number of investment vehicles that you can use. Now, we're kind of big fans of retirement plans and we're kind of not. It's kind of a pro and con. But one of the pros is there's a lot of money out there. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. One is um, it's rare, but it's worth asking. If you have the ability to take what's called an in-service withdrawal, that means you might be able to get the money out and transfer it into a self-directed account without having to terminate your employment. So that's a potential option. Another thing you can do is take out a loan against it, and there's limitations on how much you can get, but you can get some, and then you can use that money. Uh, so that's an option. Uh, ultimately, when you get it rolled over to a self-directed IRA, there's a couple of different choices. 
choices. You're going to have to make a decision between a traditional and a Roth and time when you want to pay the taxes. And that's going to be a function of uh, working with your tax advisor and finding out what's in your best interest. Then the other thing is there's different types. Uh, There's solo 401ks or QRPs, they call them. Uh, And then there's the traditional self-directed IRA. So you're going to have to do a little homework on that. It's more than we can cover in the show, but there's lots of great literature out there. In fact, in our special reports library, if you go to realestateguysradio.com and look under resources, you'll see special reports, or you can send emails. There's two of them. So actually one is QRP at realestateguysradio.com, and the other one is IRA at realestateguysradio.com, and you get a couple of those publications, and you can check that out. And by the way, both of those reports are written by these types of custodians. So you asked for who are some people that can do this for you. There's a couple of them. There's more than that. But the vast majority of custodians for retirement accounts do not allow for what we would call non-traditional investing. Now, we think of real estate as bread and butter investing. I think non-traditional is when you buy one one billionth of a company you don't understand. But that's just me, right? So you've got to make sure that you've got the right custodian. Now, a point on the curve is this. Many times, traditional custodians don't charge a lot of money in terms of their fees and their ongoing maintenance charges because they're making a piece of what you invest in. These non-traditional custodians, on the other hand, do not make a piece of anything you invest in, nor can they make any specific recommendation. Because that, the fees are a little higher, but don't let the fee tail wag the investment dog. Make sure that you understand that this gives you a ton of possibility for investing and control over your own destiny. Yeah, you can. There, there's a lot of creative things you can do, but you do have to learn the rules of the game. So start with those publications. The other question you asked, Jason, was about leverage. Yes, there are lenders out there who will lend to you. Uh, there's some things you have to look out for because when you earn profit on borrowed money, it creates a tax uh, called UBIT that you need to be aware of. You, you want to study that a little bit. Uh, there's a couple of other things from a tax standpoint. Robert said there's some, some places we like it some ways we don't. Uh, Real estate throws off a lot of great tax benefits and you lose some of those benefits when you're doing the real estate inside of your account. But there are ways to use the money inside of your account and keep the real estate outside of your account. Again, not going to get into all that right now, but start with those two publications. Uh, Continue to listen. And I think you'll once you get on a couple of mailing lists and and you start to explore some of these different uh, providers, service providers, they'll be able to feed you a lot of great content, a lot of great information, uh, and then actually get you into a consultation as the time approaches. Right now, just keep saving money and invest in your education. Our next question is actually two questions. We had two questions that came in from listeners that are a bit different, but have kind of a theme, and I thought we'd cover them together. The first is from Roy in Bridgewater, New Jersey, and he says, for those who don't like doing all the work of investing, even though you might have a big enough portfolio to justify it, how do you go through finding and evaluating a syndicator who can be trusted with your money? All right, that's a great question. Question number two comes from Patrick in San Diego. He says, I hear of all these real estate scams where you invest your money and then find out it's a Ponzi scheme or someone who just took your money and ran. How do you know for sure that when you invest with a syndicator that you have a legitimate investment? What types of agreements or reports need to be seen for there to be legitimacy? So the underlying question here is how do I invest passively in a syndication. So no investor left behind. We talk a lot about real estate syndication, but if you're a new listener, you don't understand it. It's pretty simple. Many people invest in real estate in their own account. They put a down payment down, they get a loan in their name, they qualify for it, they own the property, all is good. Sometimes they'll buy a property for cash because they have the cash or in their IRA because they have a lot of money there. 
But to get into the bigger deals, many people come together with other investors in a format called a real estate syndication. Now, a syndication doesn't have to be just for property. You can do a syndication to start a business or do all kinds of things. But real estate syndication is a way to invest alongside a seasoned investor a professional person who is in the business, has great expertise, has a resume, has access to deals, knows markets, all those things. That's the great part. The scary part is the thing both these folks have hit on, and that is, how do you vet that sponsor? Yeah, and it's like, you have to think about how do you vet anybody? I mean, you have to know who you're doing business with. So in the days of the internet and uh, search engines and all these sites, it's pretty simple to do a, a search and just find out if anybody is in trouble with regulators, the state attorney general and the state they operate in. And you can check with the secretary of state and make sure that their uh, business is properly structured and just that they're you know all set up properly. So it starts with that. You do a reputation search, which is pretty straightforward, just to see if they have any upset clients or people out there that are accusing them of horrible things. Now, uh, you have to understand there's times when people are out there and uh, they get upset and they, they, they trash somebody online and it's not legit. So just because you find one or two things doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a they're, they're an evil person, but it does make you want to dig a, a little further. And if you ask somebody straight up, say, look, I'm going to do a little background check on you. So before I do that, is there anything I ought to know about and see if they're straight with you? Because if they're not going to be straight with you from the get-go, uh, then that tells you a little bit about them uh, right at the beginning. Well, another point is, you may not know this, and I hate to burst your bubble, but not everything you find on the internet is true. <laughs> so be careful. Let me read an article. This is an article that came out a year and a half ago. Robert Helms is indicted. Yep, Robert Helms and Janice Kalin were indicted February 2nd in U.S. District Court in Austin on conspiracy, securities fraud, and wired fraud charges based on their sales of investments in oil and gas royalties. Helms and Kalin operated their company as a Ponzi scheme, according to the indictment. Now, thankfully, that's Robert A. Helms, and I'm Robert F. Helms. We had a student of ours bring this to our attention and say, I just have to ask, is this you? And I'm like, oh my gosh, thankfully, no. But again, if all I did was search Robert Helms Ponzi, this is probably going to come up. So you definitely want to search. You definitely want to do the research. But if you're serious about it, take it another step further, and that is, Ask for references and make sure you check out the references. Anybody who's in business doing syndication has an experienced resume. They might be new to the syndication business. In other words, many people that syndicate deals have a ton of experience in their own portfolio. And then they decide, hey, I got a deal that's really big. I'm going to bring in some folks. So don't discount a syndication just because the syndicator's never done a deal. However, one of the things you look for is experience. So you've got to balance that. But look for referrals and then Trust, but verify. When you're given an executive summary or a document that has to do with what the investment is, research some of that stuff. If they give up market statistics, well, verify that on your own. If they talk about a particular location of a property, it's easy today to find out who legally owns property. It's easy today to find out, do people have the background they say they do? Are they actually doctors or lawyers? Are they actually licensed by the states and so forth? So I think that's the first step. But really, we said this earlier in the show, this is a relationship business. I wouldn't hand my money to anybody that I haven't developed a relationship with. Meaning you don't meet somebody at some dinner seminar and write a check for a hundred grand. 
take the extra time to get to know the person, and is it really a match? Yeah, and then, of course, the referrals matter and who they're associated with, how long they've been in business, or um, some things like that are important. Ultimately, you've got to look at the deal, and you've got to make sure that the deal makes sense. So you want to read the paperwork, you want to look at the deal, you want to understand the paperwork. If you don't understand it, take it to a neutral third party who's experienced, whether that's an attorney, an accountant, another investor, or a combination of all of those, and make sure that you really understand what you're getting and how the deal works. If the deal makes sense to you, uh, and you feel like there's no reason not to trust the person from an ethical perspective, the next thing you have to do is just try to figure out if you can trust them from a competency perspective. You know, have they done this before? How long have they been doing it? And one of my favorite questions is who supports you and how? Because a lot of times there's little one-man bands out there. And the challenge is if that person gets hit by a car, gets sick, or has some family emergency, there's nobody paying attention to your money and your deal. And one of the dangerous, this is one of my pet peeves, and one of the things we really pound on with our syndication students is that it's an honorable thing. They don't want to take any upfront money. The problem is, is that they don't take enough money to pay somebody to run the job. If something happens to them, then there's no money in the deal to pay someone to take their place. They're willing to bet on the come. Well, that's great. They don't have to take the money, but it does need to be in the budget. So the little things like that, you know, is it a responsible deal? Is it really well thought out? And you should never invest in something that doesn't make sense to you or that you can't quickly get educated on, especially in real estate, because real estate is just not that complicated. You know, you asked specifically what types of agreements or reports need to be seen for there to be legitimacy. People can fake almost anything, so I'd be careful there. But for sure, you want to ask for what's called the private placement memorandum. It should have been drafted by an attorney, and that attorney should be accessible to you. Now, you don't necessarily want to use the attorney that the syndicator used, but you can check the reputation of the attorney as easily as you can the reputation of the person. Most legal professionals, if they're you know in good standing in their bar associations and so forth, protect their reputations and they aren't going to want to do business with someone that isn't legitimate. The deals I've seen that are the sketchiest often don't even have any legal documentation at all. And so you just got to be careful. It would truly take us two days to answer this question fully. And those two days are September 14th and 15th at the Secrets of Successful Syndication. Now that's a class we do twice a year that's really aimed at teaching people how to put these deals together. But I'll tell you what, the perfect person to be in that seminar is someone who wants to invest passively in a syndication because we go over in great backstage detail exactly what needs to be in each of these deals, the documentation, the legal side, the tax side. It's a ton of information. The workbook is huge, but you'll have a great time. You'll meet some great investors. Plus, as a benefit, you'll meet a whole bunch of successful syndicators. So you can find out the details at realestateguysradio.com. It's Ask the Guys, your great questions and our attempts at answers. Speaking of questions, up next, it's time to ask you a question as we play Real Estate Trivia. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. If you want to retire in the next five years or less through real estate, then please pay close attention. My name is Brad Sumrock, and I've taught thousands of my students how to replace their incomes, quit their jobs, and retire faster than they ever thought possible by not investing in single-family homes. You see, there's a secret to retiring fast with little risk, and it has nothing to do with being a landlord, fixing toilets, or flipping houses. The secret is multifamily apartment buildings. Starting from scratch with zero experience 
I managed to pocket over $1 million in cash and retire from my 17-year corporate job within three years of apartment investing. Now, this is not your typical no-money-down real estate training. We believe in smart, hard work for intelligent people. So if you're good with your finances, have a decent job, or saving your money, and you're looking for a change in getting out of the rat race, then investing in apartment buildings might just be the answer you've been looking for. Send an email right now to sumrock at realestateguysradio.com to get the details of my upcoming training event, and you'll also receive my free training webinar, Apartment Investing for Beginners. That's sumrock, S-U-M-R-O-K, at realestateguysradio.com. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Qualified, accredited investors should email timber at realestateguysradio.com for more information. Consider visiting our forest plantations to see for yourself. Email timber at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email timber at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excitement in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you've got a question for The Real Estate Guys, all you need to do is go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click on the button that says Ask the Guys. When we're done with our Profitable Niche series, we'll resume next week and go a few more weeks. When we're done with that, we're going to do another Ask the Guys show because we just realized this is the first Ask the Guys show we've done all year. So we're overdue for more. we got a bunch of great questions. We can't possibly get to them all, but that doesn't mean we don't want more because some of these questions are so specific we have a hard time answering, and sometimes they're so vague we can't answer. So we're looking for those great questions. When you write your questions, a couple of hints. First of all, make sure that you're clear and you're not asking a specific market or location. We had a guy write in and wanted to know which side of the street was better on a particular street in a particular city. We're like, well, we've never been to that city, right? So that's not us. Maybe there's a local real estate show that can answer that. But to also be thinking about how could everybody benefit from the answer. Hey, before we get back to these great questions, it's time to play real estate trivia. That's your chance to win a prize by knowing today's real estate trivia question. And it's a good question and a great prize. If you're the first to answer it, you're going to get a copy of an awesome book called Passionistas. This is a book written by a whole bunch of amazing women. Their stories are inspirational. You're going to love it. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. When you think you know the answer, just send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com and include your name and mailing address so we can send you the prize. Last week on The Real Estate Guys, our profitable niche was passive investing. What we were just talking about, we had Dr. Buck Joffrey with us. We asked you this. In what country will you find the world's highest paid general practitioner physicians? Of all the places in the world where physicians work, where do general practitioners get paid the most? And the answer is the United States of America. (laughs) Now, the U.S. has the second highest paid specialist physicians in the world behind the Netherlands. 
Who knew? Not me. I did not know that. For a copy of the great book, Passionistas, answer this week's real estate trivia question. The U.S. is the country with the most pet dogs at nearly 70 million. Yep, we like our pooches, I guess. Here's what we want to know. Which country is number two? Which country in the world has the second most pet dogs? If you think you know or just want to guess, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. And the first one with the right answer gets Passionistas. Tips, tales, and tweetables from women pursuing their dreams. That's today's real estate trivia question. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. This question comes from Colleen in Savannah, Georgia. Hi, guys. Yes, I love the show. I have a triple net property that I've owned for 13 years. I can't believe I've stayed the course for so long, and I'm trying to determine if I should sell it or keep it. It's been a very steady investment and has a 20-year lease with two five-year options, and the franchisee owns all of the stores, including this location, in both Indianapolis and Cincinnati. It's now at a 10.34 cap rate, and rent increases 1.75% each year. I have four years left on the main lease and probably missed my window in selling it, but sadly my husband died and I needed the wonderful cash flow to keep things going. So, should I ride this ride and treat it as my retirement income or sell it? I have other real estate investments and I'm looking at selling them, but this is by far my largest and most successful investment. Thank you. Well, Colleen, great job. First of all, let's just make sure everyone understands this. A few weeks back, we had Tom Wilson on our program talking about commercial real estate. We talked a lot about triple net properties, commercial properties. And the great thing about triple net properties is that the landlord is not responsible for all of the ongoing costs and maintenance and so forth. Often the tenant takes the lion's share of that. So here's the the things to think about. And and you've nailed it in that if you have a 20-year lease and you're two years in and there's 18 years left, You have a very valid thing to sell somebody. When what you have is options, that means it's at the tenant's discretion whether or not they would exercise the option. With only four years left, that would make it hard to sell. So the first thing I'm going to say before we talk about whether or not you should, because ultimately that's going to be up to you, but the first thing I'll say is it's completely possible to go to a tenant and negotiate before the end of a lease. Let me explain. Somebody signed up for a 20-year lease, and at the time, they were so optimistic about their business that they negotiated two five-year options. That's great. Are they planning to exercise the option? Well, maybe they don't know, but maybe they do. So I've had success in this myself, sitting down with a tenant and saying, hey, I know you only have two and a half years left in your lease. What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about you're gonna you're gonna option, you're gonna take the option? Because the option is the right but not the obligation to continue the lease. So that means the tenant has the sole right to say yes. If they say yes, you're stuck. If they say no, you're stuck with an empty building, right? And you have to release it. Now that could be fine. Maybe the market is such that if you ended up with the building empty, you'd be happy. But oftentimes with triple net, we don't want to be bothered with that. So we'd love to have the tenant just renew the lease. So I would suggest you might be able to get in a discussion with them and find out. You could renegotiate today and say, hey guys, you have two five-year options left. What if right now instead we rewrote the lease and we made it a 10-year lease with another 10-year option? And we'll start from today. Now, they're going to think, well, what's what, what, how much are you going to raise the rent? Well, we've already said at 1.75% each year. So as long as you're good with that, we'll keep that the same. In other words, you're not asking for any more rent increase. Now, they may not know. And again, it's a franchisee that owns the, all the stores. So they probably have a bigger palette and bigger vision than a lot of tenants do. So that's the first thing. Now, the bigger question is, 
do I stay or do I go? Yeah, right. So it always comes down to a couple different things. Is One is knowing what you know now, and you had the opportunity to buy the building, would you buy it? Because if you're not selling it, you're buying it. And so you have to look at it through fresh eyes. Uh, and of course, you know more about it than anybody else. And the other part of that equation is compared to what? If you did sell it, what would you do with the money? Right now, it's cash flowing well. You've got a known tenant. You've got a set of problems because every property and tenancy has problems. But you're, they're known problems, and you referred to it as wonderful cash flow, and it's been stable. You know, and so all that's good. I think the big question mark is this current 20-year lease, you're a little long in the tooth. But to Robert's point, you know, you can go figure out where they're at. And, you know, who knows? I mean, they may even want to buy it. You never know. At that stage of the game, they may end up being your buyer. And then you can have that discussion, too. So, uh, again, just think about if you didn't already own it, would you buy it? Again, based on what you know about it. Number two is, is if you sold it, what would you do with the money? And how would that compare to what you've got? So that, that's how I'd approach the problem. Now, a couple other things which would have to do with financing. You haven't mentioned whether or not you have a loan on the property, but if you do, the sometimes a great loan that's in place at a good rate is an asset itself, right? Absolutely. As rates are rising right now, so depending on what that looks like, if you own it outright, you may be able to have your cake and eat it too. Get a loan against it because it's a well-performing, producing asset that has a great rental history. You've owned it 13 years. The tenant's obviously been there that 13 years. I'm sure a local bank, if not a national lender, would be interested in this. And that way you could pull some equity out of it, keep the property, it would impact your cash flow a bit, but would allow you to go do something else as well. Yeah. And what you would need to do is just make sure that you are able to invest the proceeds at a higher cost than the cost of borrowing. And you'd have to be comfortable with the risk. But again, this is a very stable tenant who's been paying consistently for a long period of time, triple net. So it seems to me like that arbitrage could work in your favor because rates are still historically relatively pretty low and you should be able to go make investments that are going to beat the cost of borrowing. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions are answers. We'll have more when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. 
The real estate guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the Secrets of Successful Syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, I'm G. Edward Griffin, author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, a second look at the Federal Reserve. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Next week, we return to profitable niches. We've got a few more shows. We're going to talk about specific types of real estate you might consider. This week, we're taking a quick break to ask the guys your questions, our answers. You've still got a little bit of time to sign up for our annual sales workshop. Only once a year does Russell Gray go through the hard work of doing this amazing workshop, but it's coming right up at the end of June, how to win funds and influence people. You can get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com. This question comes from Marty in Richmond, Virginia. Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast for many years and I've learned so much. I've rehabbed and flipped three houses, then bought two, rehabbed and held as rentals for cash flow in the last 10 years. I've cashed out $80,000 of my last rental property to put somewhere else. I'm now 70 years old and wondering where I can park excess cash for the next downturn in the stock market and real estate market. I get pennies from hiding cash in a money market, yet I fear real estate and the stock market are high for going into at this point. Do you have any suggestions where to hold slash invest your cash in a more liquid place while you wait for the upturn to turn into a downturn? All right, Marty. Well, we just obviously had our big event, the future of money and wealth. By the way, the entire thing's been captured on video, and you may want to go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and check that out. Phenomenal couple days with some of the smartest people we know talking about this very thing, where are we in the cycle? But let's set that aside for now, and rather than have us pontificate for the next 75 minutes about where we think the market is, you're saying you think it's going to downturn. And so if you think that's true, then you play it differently when it comes to your real estate investing. Yeah, the whole point of going to cash is to preserve your position in the case of a downturn. So if the stock market's high, uh, it's highly liquid, but because it's highly liquid, when everybody flees, then prices drop and you're in free fall, you lose a lot of your principal. So parking it in cash prevents that. Going into the bank subjects you to a different form of risk. That's counterparty risk. If the bank fails, anything above $250,000 is potentially in trouble. And actually, I would I would argue that even up to $250,000 is potentially in trouble because if that were to happen on a big basis, do the research yourself, but don't expect the FDIC or this government to be able to handle that times the number of people that have $250,000 in accounts across the well, United States. Well, the, the challenge is they'll probably have to print money to do it, and then what's the value of the money? But that goes down that rabbit trail of a lot of the things we talked about, a future of money and wealth. But the thing is, you're, you're looking for something that's liquid, that is fairly stable in relationship to dollars. And then at the same time, you could make the argument, well, the dollar is a little bit strong as we're recording this. It has a long-term 
long-term history of falling. So, you know, if you're looking for something that's liquid to hedge against the dollar, you could use other currencies if you wanted to. That's a way to go. Uh, you could put it in precious metals, which is very liquid, uh, but you, you know, you lose a little bit in the trade, about five or six percent. So if you buy on a dip, the way gold has been behaving, you know, that could be a way to go. You, you split it a little bit between cash and precious metals. You could just leave it in the bank and feel like, okay, that's okay. Get a modest yield. But if the idea is to have some dry powder for a downturn, it's got to be someplace that you can get to it that you believe will be there uh, in whatever scenario you're envisioning. If you want to go a little bit further from a defensive strategy, instead of uh, doing something that's short-term, you could do something a little bit longer-term. You might make a private mortgage. You can you can make a small mortgage against a property where there's maybe 40% protective equity. You're going to get a yield above the current rate. You could be 8 9% in today's market, and you get a good cash flow. The property should totally cover that cash flow, and if for whatever reason the borrower defaulted, you almost be happy they did because now you're picking up the property and its cash flow at 40% below market. Uh, But what you don't have is as much liquidity. Yes, you can sell your note in the secondary market if you wanted to, and that could be okay. If you're in a rising rate environment, you run the risk that your note would lose a little bit of value. That's the danger. But what you do have is a way to be protected from downturn on the equity side. If real estate prices drop, stock prices drop, your note is going to stay fixed. So you have to think a little bit about what you're really trying to accomplish without looking at what else you have in your portfolio and how liquid you are. The only thing I'll say from my own personal experience, a big mistake I made, I I counted my credit lines as a big part of my liquidity. And when the credit market seized up, that portion of my liquidity, which was the majority of it, went away. And then I instantly found myself highly illiquid at an inopportune time. So avoid doing that. That's the voice of experience there. You know, when you're talking about liquidity, is it true liquidity you need? In which case, some of your portfolio should be super liquid, like actual cash in a safe that no one can find, or some money in the bank where you can access it. Like, do you really need it to be liquid? When you talk about a note, a private note, that's cash flow that's pretty liquid. The other way to do it is to buy a property for cash, no encumbrance. Now, the bank can't take it no matter what. As long as you can cover property taxes, you're going to be good. That can provide cash flow. Now, if the economy tanks, make sure you pick your markets well. Because here's the deal. No matter what, people need to sleep under a roof. And they'll figure out a way to come up with whatever medium of exchange they need to to stay in your property. And so because housing serves a basic human need, the government will rise up to protect it. And people will do whatever they have to do to make it a high priority in their economic lives. That's one of the things we love about real estate. Our last question today comes from Floyd in Las Vegas, Nevada. He says, hey guys, how many times a year is your syndication class given? Well, Floyd, the answer is twice. We do it once in the first part of the year and once in the second part of the year. And the next time is in September in Dallas, Texas. You can get all the details about Secrets of Successful Syndication and all of the other Real Estate Guys events. If you go to the website and click the button that says events, come on out. We'd love to have a beer with you. Hey, thanks so much for your questions. We'll take more. If you've got another question for the Real Estate Guys, go to the website, realestateguysradio.com. Click on Ask the Guys. And in a few weeks, we're going to do another edition of Ask the Guys. Next week, it's another profitable niche for you to consider. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. 
Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.